If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 549. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. Support the show by going to McClanahanAcademy.com. Always free to enroll. Get that free class, 10 Myths of American History, when you do enroll. And, of course, right now I'm running great deals. You've got a 30% coupon out there. It's the last time you're ever going to see a 30% coupon at McClanahan Academy. So head over to McClanahan Academy, enroll, and then, of course, you'll get emails from me with that coupon in it. Or if you're giving me an email address at BrianMcClanahan.com, you're also getting the coupons right now. So this is my Black Friday deal. If you're getting this in November of 2021, you've got that Black Friday deal. Grab those courses while you can at 30% off. And, of course, that helps keep this podcast free of charge. You can also click on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way. You can get a book plate, get my autograph on a book plate. And then, of course, you can stick that on one of my books. I've got many of those. Those make great Christmas gifts. Uh, The Jeffersonian tradition, Southern Scribblings are my latest, two. You can also click on the shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com, get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Lots of great ways to support the show. And as always, share it around on social media, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, wherever you get your podcasts, do those things, and let's keep this momentum going. We're going to wrap up the week here with an interesting thing that's happening in the federal government. Now, We've done two uh, episodes this week on historical topics, and I like to do that stuff, but I like to bring this back to some contemporary things as well. And so we've got this Biden vaccine mandate that now has been knocked down by the federal courts. Now, what's interesting about that is I'm going to bring in two perspectives on this, and I'm going to read an article from CNN that discusses how this was done, right? So there were so many challenges to this Biden vaccine mandate that the federal government had to rely on a very interesting method to decide which court was going to hear the challenge to the Biden vaccine mandate. They used a lottery system. They used ping pong balls to go out and do it. Now, think about all that's going on here right now. We've had, for four years, we had the left run around saying that Donald Trump was abusing power in an unprecedented way. Now, I've actually agreed with them on some things on that, right? I mean, I wrote a book, Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America, that talked about excessive executive powers, that the executive branch has transformed America and become destructive to the American federal republic. I've made that point, and I I said it about Republicans, Democrats, Federalists, Democrat Republicans, Republicans, I mean, it doesn't matter. Whigs, it doesn't matter. I talked about that. Now, I've got a whole course at McClanahan Academy, The American Presidents, where I discuss all the presidents up to Trump. I need to redo the, and I've said this several times, I need to go out and just redo the lecture on Trump now that he's out of office and we've had Biden for about a year. I think we can 
start to see how that would you know, the, the, evaluate the Trump presidency. But regardless, uh, we have an executive branch that's out of control, and the Biden vaccine mandate is a clear example of that. For the left that runs around saying that Trump was abusing power, he's a dictator, he's a fascist, all these things, and then to have Biden come in and in the first few days in office issue more executive orders than any president to that point in American history in the first days of office. And then, of course, do things like this vaccine mandate, which is clearly unconstitutional. There's no constitutional justification for the Biden vaccine mandate. The fact that he was saying that you have OSHA to enforce this mandate is ridiculous on the surface. First of all, OSHA can be contested constitutionally. This is, this is a major issue. Is OSHA even constitutional? It's created by the Congress, but it's an executive branch department, essentially, and it can act as the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. I mean, you think about what OSHA does. It goes in and it makes rules and regulations, so that's legislative. It executes those rules and regulations, that's executive, and if you break the rules and regulations, it gets to decide if you broke the rules and regulations. That's judicial. So it's a federal regulatory agency, and just like all federal regulatory agencies, it's unconstitutional. I mean, there's no there's no way you could argue otherwise except that, well, Congress and the Constitution gives the Congress power over commerce. And if we don't regulate worker uh, worker environment, uh, that's that's uh, that's violating the Commerce Clause. I mean, this is pretty much it. Or the General Welfare Clause, which we know if we go back and read what the founding generation said about these things, there's no way they had any of this in mind. Now, of course, the counterargument to that is, well, but they didn't see, you know, large industrial societies, and they didn't understand, uh, you know, modern machines and all these things. Look, they had accidents. They had worker accidents. They had dangerous working conditions. Anybody that's ever studied 18th, 19th century America knows that working conditions really stunk, right? And it was horrible. It didn't matter if you were free labor, slave labor. It was bad. You had bad working conditions, and it was dangerous. Uh, cutting down sugarcane, for example, is dangerous. They still do it essentially the exact same way today that they did it in the 19th century, and it's dangerous. Okay, so we, we all we know this, right? I mean, working conditions stink. Now, do we like having uh, good working conditions? Do we want to have a situation where people can go and and feel safe when they go to work? Certainly. I mean, who doesn't want those things, right? But. Uh, do we need a federal regulatory agency to do that, which, of course, has this kind of power, which can enforce hundreds of thousands of dollars of fines on people if they don't follow Biden's vaccine mandate? At least, allegedly, they can do this. So we know that the vaccine mandate itself was a supreme abuse of power. Now, I, I laugh at, at Michael Bolden at the 10th Amendment Center because, of course, his response to this was, look, just nullify it. States don't enforce it. You just you can't enforce it. The state legislature should pass legislation saying that they can't enforce This is unenforceable in our state, and several states have started to do that. And, of course, conservatives, quote-unquote, are responding to this. Well, no, 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 you can't do that. you got to decide in the courts. This is exactly what John McCain said when he was running for president against Barack Obama in 2008, Right? So, uh, you know, we had, we had Obamacare, or we were going to get Obamacare. Of course, McCain, I, I, I say, moving forward after 2008. 
and then uh, you know Mitt Romney 2012. But McCain, after he lost in 2008, and then of course was back in the Senate, would say things like, we're going to challenge Obamacare in the courts. We're going to take care of it in the courts. Well, let's see how that worked out. Right? Let's see how that worked out. Challenging Obamacare in the courts has been really effective, hasn't it? So Bolden's position is simply this. Um, hey, we just need to skip the courts. Right? The courts are part of the problem. Conservatives rely too much on the courts, and they feel justified in this because they have, in many cases, been able to put a large number of judges on the federal bench. And that's what I want to talk about today with this article from CNN. Because this ping-pong lottery system shows the utter stupidity of the federal court system. It's redundant. It's stupid. This is exactly what the Richmond Junto was pointing out in the 1820s. This is what led to the Cohen's v. Virginia decision where the state of Virginia was trying to just essentially cut out the federal courts. They were just going to handle all this at the state level. And, of course, John Marshall steps in and says, oh, you can't do that. That's illegal. That's unconstitutional. Of course, it's not. But they were challenging this idea of creating all these levels, all these layers of federal courts. And you could take a state law and challenge it immediately in a federal court. Now, this, is, this of course, is a federal issue. So it should be heard in federal court. You could also make a case, so you could hear this in state court if you wanted to. I mean, why do you have to have all these layers of federal courts? This has been brought up. Cannot the state courts do this? State court judges have to take an oath of allegiance to the Constitution. So if it's a federal law, it could simply be challenged in any state. And, of course, it could be declared unconstitutional in that state. And then, of course, the Supreme Court does have to get involved. That's what the Supreme Court is there for as a referee between the states— that was by design, right? We've got a dispute between Virginia and Maryland. We've got to have a referee. We've got to have some impartial referee, some common court we can go to and say, let's handle this issue so we don't go to war with each other. I mean, that's a good thing, right? I mean, no one would, would dispute that. So we've got to have a referee between the states. And if you're going to follow the logic of those like uh, the who favored the ratification of the Constitution of Virginia that said, we're going to have judicial review, Patrick Henry said, I hope we do, right? So if we're actually going to do that, and we could, we could dispute whether this is effective or not, but if that's going to be there, then the Supreme Court has to do that. So why do we have all these other federal courts? What's the point in having multiple layers of federal courts? It's redundant and irrelevant. Now, you could say, well, it... It lightens the load of the Supreme Court justices. This is stupid. I remember I went on a uh, a Mises weekend when they did this with uh, with Jeff Deist and Alan Mendenhall. This is a while back, and we talked about this. And it used to be, and, and Alan Mendenhall is a great legal scholar. He's uh, just a, a just a good guy and a great legal scholar. And it used to be that the Supreme Court justices would ride the circuit, meaning they'd actually have to go out to the circuit courts and sit on the bench there, too. And they stopped doing all that because it was seen as tiresome and it would wear them out. And then, but why do we have to have all these federal courts? It's, it's not necessary. I think one thing that has been pointed out several times is that the Congress could abolish all of these federal courts. They could get rid of all these circuit courts, all these appellate courts, they could all go away because you see what's happening there is you've got 
we've got uh, cases being challenged, laws being challenged, and before even going to the Supreme Court, they have to go to a halfway house. And then the Supreme Court gets to sift through all these federal court decisions. But you see, what this does is create the perception that everything is suable in federal court. It's not. The Supreme Court should be there for big things only. That's it. And this is a big thing, right? When you've, when you've got the presidency acting unconstitutionally, that is a big thing. And if we're going to have a, a court to decide these things, well, then you've got to have a Supreme Court. We've, we've elevated the federal court system to a position it doesn't deserve and never was intended. We know that the First Judiciary Act of 1789, we know that they created a number of layers of federal courts at that particular point. So we know the founding generation would at least be sort of on board with this. I mean, it was passed in Congress, but there were, op- there were op- opposition to this. There were opponents to this thing, right? So it wasn't universal. It wasn't universally agreed this is what we should be doing. And of course, the provision that in that, in that bill that allows for appeal of state court decisions to a federal court is highly problematic. I'll say that uh, in academic speak. It's problematic. It's actually, uh, Virginia, I think, was right. It's unconstitutional. Because what they're doing there is allowing for the federal courts to get involved in, to have a federal negative of state laws. That is something that John Rutledge in the Philadelphia Convention said of South Carolina, said that alone should damn the Constitution. If that was there, if there was a federal negative of state law, that should damn the Constitution. No one would agree with that. And you know what? That was voted down almost universally, right? Nobody wanted that. But this is what this part of of that Judiciary Act allowed to happen. It's why Virginia challenged it, and it's why that part of that bill is clearly unconstitutional. Now, if if Virginia or a state violates a federal law, or I should say this, violates Article 1, Section 10, excuse me, not a federal law, but Article 1, Section 10, then that's an issue, right? But most of what they're doing doesn't ar- violate Article 1, Section 10. Those are the only things that states cannot do. Article 1, Section 10. That's it. That's it. So let me read this piece from CNN. Uh, again, I found it quite funny. It, it's, this is where we are in, in modern American society. Challenges to the Biden administration's vaccine mandate targeting employers with more than 100 employees will be consol- uh, consolidated and heard by the Ohio-based Sixth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals after it was chosen Tuesday by a ping-pong ball lottery. <laughs> Ridiculous. Right? Right? Th- Ridiculous. So all these challenges, we got to have it. In, what, you know what they have? They have a, an institution for that. It's called the Supreme Court, right? But no, we got to hear it in the sixth Ohio court. Now, CNN is not very happy about this because this is going to create an environment where it's going to get knocked down because the sixth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals is conservative, whereas they would have loved to have had it in the Ninth Circuit because then it would have been upheld. Right, So it would have allowed to have gone on. The conservative-leaning appeals court could help determine the ultimate fate of President Joe Biden's most controversial push to date to ensure that as many Americans are as possible are vaccinated against COVID-19, especially after the emergence of a new strain of the virus. 
see, this is the thing. CNN hasn't even questioned if this is if this is somehow constitutional. They don't even question it. It's just okay. You see, the left, and by default, the right. I mean, I can tell you right now, if Donald Trump did this, the right would be on board with it. At least some bit, some people in the right. They'd be fine with it. You see, because it's their guy. This is Joe Biden. It's their guy. We see this. We know this because when Trump was saying, we're going to have a vaccine, the left was saying, I'm not taking a vaccine. Now the vaccine's there. we got to take the vaccine because Joe Biden's in office. I mean, this is how stupid American politics really are. But the fact is that... They don't even question executive abuse here. It's not even on their radar. It should be. They should be saying, wait a second here. Now we're all for the vaccine, right? We're all for the vaccine. Now that Trump's out of office, we're for the vaccine. But should the president have the ability to coerce businesses in America to force people to take a vaccine? Do they ask for vaccine cards for anything else? I mean, do you have to show your TB vaccine, your Chicken pox vaccine? Do they have to show any of these other vaccines? No. Your measles, your mumps, do you have to show any of those? And of course, we let people, and we let thousands of people into the United States that don't have these vaccines, and we've had all kinds of outbreaks because of these type of situations of pretty nasty infectious diseases, right? But we're not, we're not questioning if these people have vaccines, so why are we putting all this on employees and employers? Why? Because the left can. That is the issue here. The selection of one appeals court to hear the challenge also highlights the ferocious battles that have played out in recent years after President Donald Trump confirmed a record number of appeals court judges during his four-year term, challenging the face, I'm sorry, changing the faces of some of the courts. So this is what it's all about. You see, at the, at the end of the day, for the left, this is what it's all about. It's really about the courts. It's really about a situation where the courts, the courts are the issue. It's not the va- vaccine mandate. It's we need to pack the court. We need to get we need to get Biden. We need to pack. We need to make sure that we expand the power of the Supreme Court. We have more judges on there. We got to we got to do something about this federal court system because because the right's taking it over. The I uh, I'm sorry. The Biden administration is now racing to fill remaining vacancies with judges that share President Biden's outlook on the law. Think about that. Think about what this is all about. This is not what the federal court system was supposed to be, some ideological, extra-political branch of government. It was supposed to be learned men who were disinterested, who didn't have, I mean, they got on the bench and they were supposed to look at things objectively. No, 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 this is all partisanship now. This is why the entire federal court system is ridiculous. And look, Republicans, they won't do it, but they should be eliminating all of this. They should get rid of every little bit of it. And this is why Michael Bolton's position is exactly right. We just need to use the states to block all this stuff. All this stuff is is irrelevant. The ideological gap between the 12 circuits is at times stark, and Republican critics of the mandate were hoping that the strong conservative court, like the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, would randomly be randomly selected, while liberals were pushing for an appeals court with a more liberal reputation such as the 9th Circuit. The Sixth Circuit has more than twice as many judges appointed by Republican presidents than those appointed by Democrats. 
A three-judge panel of appeals court judges yet to be determined will first hear the case. The Sixth Circuit is favorable for mandate challengers, one of the best they could have hoped for. The court has many Trump-appointed judges skeptical of broad assertions of agency authority, and this is their clear chance to cement that reputation, said Sean Morata, a lawyer at Hogan Lovells who follows multi-circuit issues closely. But Murata noted the three-judge panel could still be comprised of a majority of liberals. It will just depend, again, on chance, he said. So, yeah, I mean, but this is just stupid. I mean, look, the Supreme Court's going to hear the case. The thing is, what, what the left is hoping to happen here is that this branch will allow it to stay, and then the mandate will stay in effect until the Supreme Court gets to hear it. Et cetera, et cetera. This is this is what the Biden Justice Department is doing to try to ensure that their heavy-handed, unconstitutional policies stay in place. This is this is pure tyranny. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, which falls under the U.S. Department of La- uh, U.S. Labor Department, again, is that even what the founding generation would have wanted? unveiled the new rules on November 4, citing its authority to issue an emergency temporary standard to protect employees if they're exposed to a grave danger. Right, because that's the grave danger clauses in the Constitution. It requires employers with 100 or more employees to ensure that their employees are fully vaccinated or undergo regular testing and wear a face covering at work. It's set to take effect January 4. The mandate came under immediate challenge from Republican-led states and some private employers who charged that OSHA exceeded its power in issuing such a rule. After the first wave of lawsuits, liberal-leaning unions joined in, too, arguing in some cases that OSHA has the authority to go further and issue a more stringent mandate. Both sides filed their disputes and circuits they thought might be most favorable to their position. Under a statute governing OSHA, all 34 lawsuits from across the country filed in 12 different court of appeals are required to be eventually consolidated and handled by one court chosen by lottery. Now, this is just stupid. And where is that in the Constitution? Under the a statute governing OSHA, no, no, no. Where is this? in the co- Well, we have the lottery clause of the federal appeal situation in the Constitution. It's not there. This is just all ridiculous stupidness. I don't even know whatever, what, what you d- were to use for this anymore. The D.C.-based judici- DC judicial panel on multi-district litigation conducted the lottery. Judicial panel on multi-district litigation. Under the unusual system mandated by Congress, officials with will the officials will the name of each of the judicial circuits with an active challenge on a ping pong ball, which was then placed in a solid wood raffle drum. Panel clerk John Nichols drew the ball with an operation supervisor as the signed witness according to court records. So um, again, well, Congress did this, but that doesn't mean it's it's right. It doesn't mean it's legal. It doesn't. There's no. There's. I know that they can make rules and regulations, right? But this is this is a little bit questionable here, to say the least. The Fifth Circuit moved aggressively last week to rule on the mandate, well aware that if it wasn't ultimately chosen to hear the dispute, the Justice Department could move quickly to dissolve the order. The move may have been an attempt to influence other judges or even Supreme Court justices who may ultimately rule in the case. The panel of judges on the conservative court called the mandate staggeringly overboard. 
In a blistering 22-page opinion, the court said that the vaccine mandate is fatally flawed and both over-inclusive and under-inclusive. Rather than a delicately handled scalpel, the mandate is a one-size-fits-all sledgehammer that makes hardly any attempt to account for differences in workplaces and workers that have more than a little bearing on workers' varying degrees of susceptibility to the supposedly grave danger the mandate purports to address the court held. Now, what's funny about this is it doesn't say this is an overreach by an executive branch, right? They didn't go with that. They didn't say this whole thing is unconstitutional. Scrap it. OSHA could just be scrapped here. OSHA is unconstitutional. That should really be happening. But no, they're not going to do that. They're going to, oh, well, we have to look about the, the, the law here and uh, what it means with this and that. Ridiculous. So here we have, again, a very bad overreach of the executive branch. Congress doing stuff it can't do. This whole, fed, this whole layers of all these federal courts, that's all ridiculous. We have all of this stuff happening right now. And the real issue is not being addressed. This is why... You look at federalism, decentralization, nullification, interposition, whatever you want to say. These are the real methods that should be used to challenge these things. And I think that, and again, I remember back in the 1990s saying these things and people, oh, that's stupid, never worked. Here we are in 2021, 25 years later. And yeah, I mean, this is what people are talking about now because it has to work. I mean, in 25 years, we've seen excessive growth in this, and that's great. Uh, you know, that's fantastic. Uh, exponential, I should say, not excessive, but exponential growth in this. And that's great. This has to happen. Because this is the only way we're ever really going to make any headway. The states have to make themselves states again and realize that the federal courts aren't your friend, and the federal courts are going to do things that are ridiculously stupid. We've seen it over and over again. If you put your faith in the federal courts, you're bound to be disappointed. You're going to be John McCain. So, anyways. That's it for this week of the Brian McClanahan Show. Next week, we're going to have a reduced uh, week. We're only going to have three shows next week. It's Thanksgiving week. Uh, we will still have, if you want to get me for, a, for an extra podcast every week, just go to abbevilleinstitute.org. I do the podcast there every week. It's on all things Southern. So if you like that, that part of what I do, then you can go and get that as well. So that's actually five podcasts on a typical week for me uh, for next week. We'll do the Abbeville podcast next week, and I'll have three Brian McClanahan show episodes Monday through Wednesday. So that's the that's the week next week, and we're getting to the end of the year. We're going to be wrapping up. I always take the last two weeks of the year off, and generally the first week of January off too. Well, so it's about a three-week gap that I don't do much. Uh, with the Brian McClanahan show, so just getting you ready for that. We, we've got a we've got a couple more full weeks uh, left of this of this year. So thanks for hanging in there again. Get those McClanahan Academy courses. Uh, we've got you know Black Friday deals running right now. You're going to want that. You're going to want those classes. They're awesome. I've got nearly 20 classes for sale and all kinds of stuff. Uh, if you like the stuff on the Constitution, get those originals, papers, uh, uh, lectures. Uh, there's four in that series, or the American Constitutions class. They make great gifts. They're never out of stock. And I'll see you next week on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.